the Land Moth by Elizabeth Bishop. Here above, cracks in the buildings are filled with battered moonlight. The whole shadow of man is only as big as his hat. It lies at his feet like a circle for a doll to stand on. And he makes an inverted pin, the point magnetized to the moon. He does not see the moon. He observes only her vast properties. Feeling the queer light on his hands, neither warm nor cold, of a temperature impossible to record in thermometers. But when the man-moth pays his rare, although occasional, visit to the surface, the moon looks rather different to him. He emerges from an opening under the edge of one of the sidewalks and nervously begins to scale the faces of the buildings. He thinks the moon is a small hole at the top of the sky, proving the sky quite useless for protection. He trembles, but must investigate as high as he can climb. Up the facades, his shadow dragging like a photographer's cloth behind him, he climbs fearfully, thinking that this time he will manage to push his small head through the round, clean opening and be forced through as from a tube and black scrolls on the light. Man standing below him has no such illusions. But when the man-moth fears most he must do, although he fails, of course, and falls back scared but quite unhurt. Then he returns to the pale subways of cement. He calls his home. He flits, he flutters, and cannot get aboard the silent trains fast enough to suit him. The doors close swiftly. The man moth always seats himself facing the wrong way, and the train starts at once at its full, terrible speed. Without a shift in gears, or a gradation of any sort, he cannot tell the rate at which he travels backwards. Each night, he must be carried through artificial tunnels and dream recurrent dreams. Just as the ties recur beneath his train, these underlie his rushing brain. He does not dare look out the window, for the third rail, the unbroken draw of poison, runs there beside him. He regards it as a disease he has inherited the successfully to. He has to keep his hands in his pockets, as others must wear mufflers. If you catch him, hold up a flashlight to his eye. It is all dark people, an entire night itself, whose haired horizon tightens as he stares back and closes up the eye. Then, from the lids, one tear, his only possession, like the bee sting slips. Slyly he palms it, and if you're not paying attention, he'll swallow it. However, if you watch, he'll hand it over. Cool as from underground springs and pure enough to drink. Elizabeth Bishop was born in 1911 in Massachusetts. Her father died before she was even a year old and her mother was entered into a mental institution when Bishop was only five. She attended high school and four years at Vassar, where she met the poet Marianne Moore. She began writing poems, and a handful were published by Moore in Trials and Balances. After being rejected by many New York publishers, her first volume, North and South, was finally published in 1946. Bishop moved all over the world and lived in many cities, which she describes and writes about in many of her poems. She has received many accolades, such as the Consultant in Poetry for the Library of Congress, 
the Houghton Mifflin Prize and the Pulitzer Prize. Bishop never saw herself as a female poet, but considered herself to be a strong feminist. She wanted to be judged on her writing's quality and not on her gender. Bishop also struggled with depression and alcoholism, but never wrote about these problems. Although Bishop did not include personal details in her writing, her work was known for its highly detailed and distant point of view. Also, when describing certain people or events, she always made sure to be very discreet. In this certain poem, The Man Moth, which was written in her early career, many people find it confusing. But Bishop became inspired by a typo in a newspaper article about a mammoth. I believe that the man moth is some type of strange defeated superhero who is still persistent. This poem reflects Bishop's emotional relationship with New York City and of living there for her first time. Even though she was young and had lots of opportunities, this big city was very intimidating because it was not like her old homes of Nova Scotia and Massachusetts. In some ways, the creature behaves like we would expect, like a moth, but in other parts of the poem, it behaves a lot like a human. The man moth was never faced by failure and was always brave and determined. So all in all, the theme of this poem is even if there is a lot of struggle, there is also a lot of hope too. The Man Moth by Elizabeth Taylor is an interesting poem. It's full of symbolism. It's full of different wordplay. And it's about a man moth who is trying to climb a building through the hole in the sky, which is just the moon. It, however, fails, falls from the building, and lands in a subway station. And that's its home. It does here, though, mention that it has tried this multiple times and has failed over and over again. A, there's a bunch of symbolism in this poem. Even in the second line, there's a metaphor describing the light of the moon, referring to it as battered. And it's just describing the quality of light, or quality of the light and how descriptive the poem can be. There are other symbols in it too, multiple. Like towards the end, it refers to a tear and that the man moth sheds. The whole poem is very gloomy and sad. And it really, the entire thing builds up to this one tear. It represents everything a man moth is about everything he's striving to do it's his whole being in a single drop of water you kind of have to look at it and understand it to be able to appreciate it and it provides a look at the world the man moth itself is a metaphor or a symbol for humanity, a 
a small percentage of humanity that's different, that doesn't want to give up. And the tear, in the end, is what provides a, it represents hope for humanity that it has a chance, a chance to redeem itself. The poem doesn't really have a rhyming pattern, and it's full of a lot of free verse, but it's extremely balanced. And by balanced, I mean that there's six stanzas of eight lines each. They're not as lengthy as most of Bishop's other works, but that this kind of does hint that it's early on in her career when she was first getting started. Each stanza, stanza represents a different stage in the Mad Moth's daily life. He begins seeing the world without the Mad Moth. He then appears and he moves through his hesitation into action, climbing the building and trying to look through the moon. And in the third stanza, it shows his failure falling off the building. After that, you follow him underground into the subway station until he's finally pulled in. You're finally pulled in, and we become part of the story in the final stanza when it represents or points towards you and asks you a question. The setting for the Man Moth is in a city, a big city, like New York or Atlanta. And it's very different than what you would expect a moth to be in. The buildings are giant and big. The moth is small. The moth's wings are fragile and delicate. The buildings are huge and monstrous and can take damage. So he's not really in his home here, I guess you could say. It would be a lot different if he were on a porch or in a field. So this adds some context. It makes it a lot easier for everyone to accept, for the moth to accept the strange stuff going on. The buildings, the concrete, the hole that appears in the sky to him. It shows that he's curious. He wants to know what's going on, what everything is, which points towards his whole goal is to figure out what the hole in the sky is the moon but he keeps trying over and over again and just can't figure out what it is or how to get to it and just keeps trying over and over again but what's really interesting about the setting is about the time this was written Bishop had just moved to the city so this was probably overwhelming to her and she was trying to put that experience and emotions into her work which led to the man moth she felt out of place because she was in the city she was depressed and she had anxiety and you can really see this in the man moth he's depressed when he falls off the building and lands in the subway but he keeps trying he's very out of place in the city much like how she felt out of place in the city. The bishop also has a kind of calling card. She was a perfectionist and she would never let one of her works go without making sure it was perfect because she just couldn't stand it not being that. She would spend years working on a single poem just trying to get the words down. 
and it's very hard to find words that would work better in this poem than the one she chose. They have a way of building an intensity until it reaches the end and a man lost sheds his tear. The poem first got its name when Bishop read a newspaper heading that said mammoth. And she mistaked this for Man Moss, so that's how the poem originally got its name. It was first published in Bishop's first collection of poems called North and South. The Man Moth is a rare journey of an imaginary creature as he appears above ground to see a mystical light and becomes determined to reach it. The poem is a good lesson about never giving up and never letting what other people think get in the way of what you want to do. So as the poem starts out, it kind of infers that the mammoth is underground, but it's kind of hard to tell because it describes it as cracks in the buildings are filled with battered moonlight. So at first this confused me to think they were in a rundown building, but as I kept reading, I realized that it was talking about the mammoth being underground in his home. So the author infers that it's a dark night that is food filled with the moon's light. It's just a whole shadow of a man. It's only as big as his hat. And I thought maybe this could be saying something about having an ego and how you see yourself. So maybe it's referring to the shadow of men walking above ground, above the man moth, and overshadowing the moth. So as the poem goes on, it's talking about a pen that is pulling him towards the moon. But he doesn't see it because a woman had caught his eye. So again, this is maybe inferring that people are above ground walking around and the man moth is memorized by their presence. So he describes being nervous and says a temperature like no other rushed over his body. The man moth would be underground and occasionally would return to the surface, but every time he would come up, the moon would look different. He would come up from out of the sidewalk and suddenly the moonlight would make him tremble with nerves and excitement as he was attracted to the moon in the sky. He is interested in walks to learn more about the circle he sees in the sky. As he climbs, he remembers doing this before, failing each time. As he falls again and again, he returns back to his sidewalk only to be taken away by the force of a train. So at this point, the mammoth has come back down from trying to reach the empty space in the sky and he's in a subway and he gets caught in the train doors. So the author describes the mammoth living the same thing over and over as he travels through the tunnels in the train. He is scared to look out the window and refers to the speed that they're going and what they're traveling on. It's like poison that causes disease. As the poem comes to an end, the author says to hold a flashlight up to the man moth's eye and you will see a tear fall and realize that that was his only the author begins to close the poem. She says that the man moth would wipe the tear away and swallow it if you didn't watch. But if you pay close attention, he would hand the tear over to you. This closing sentence is saying if you give the man moth your respect and attention, he'll do his best to repay you back with his only possession. So when I got to the end, I started to think, what is a man moth and what could the author be implying by this creature she had made up? Throughout the poem, Bishop has an imaginary creature act like a moth, but at the same time, it possesses many characteristics of a man. The man moth didn't really stress or worry about his goals. 
Instead, he sees them as things he'll accomplish over time. The man moth reveals how much stress and overthinking us humans go through daily. The character is brave, determined, and has a unique way, unique way he views the world, which are all things I think we could use. The mammoth is in two opposite states. One, he's a creature pursuing a light or an empty circle in the sky. And then two, he's a little bug beneath the tunnels of the subway. So like a human, the mammoth is trying to get to somewhere better in his life than what he already knows, but he falls into confusion and fear. So the moon symbolizes a beautiful object but the mammoth knows it's impossible to reach, which is something we can relate to in our daily lives as we see something we want, but it is hard to reach and sometimes even impossible. But anyways, the moon is like the symbol of madness and obsession, but it also kind of symbolizes like love and affection towards something. So it's reflective, cool, attractive, and mysterious. The moon looks like a hole in the sky to the mammoth, and Bishop probably projected her own efforts to deal with the artist's life in the city into the poem. The poem depicts loneliness and frustration are the of Bishop's struggle to create, but it also has another meaning. It's present to the human struggle to escape earthly trials into some higher state of enlightenment. The poem. The Mammoth by Elizabeth Bishop opens up talking about the cracks on the buildings. This leads to infer that the poem takes place in a city. Knowing that Elizabeth was involved in a bunch of cities, more specifically New York City, the poem is taking place there. Also, it mentions how the buildings are old and have cracks from age, and only the moonlight can fill them up. Next, we're introduced to a man. The things that we find out at the beginning are that the man is wearing a big hat that is the same size as his shadow. Bishop compares the shadow to a doll stand using a simile. Then, she uses a metaphor to compare the man to a pin with his point looking up to the moon. This man is unique in his love to the moon. He is only attracted to the moon because of her moonlight, and the moon herself gives the man her light for his own pleasure and peace. Bishop also helps foreshadow the man's hide side, the moth side. The second stanza opens with, quote, But when the man moth paces where all the occasional visit to the surface, the moon looks rather different to him, end quote. This helps infer to the reader that the man doesn't show himself to the world a lot. He shares the characteristics of a vigilante superhero who only shows his face at night. Next, he begins to climb a building to reach his love, the moon. This begins to show his powers of a moth as he scales a wall to reach the top to explore the hole in the sky. His curiosity leads to climb up the building. However, he is trembling as he climbs the wall, which leads us to infer that he is nervous to see what he is going to discover when he climbs up the wall. The third stanza opens with the mammoth climbing the facades, which are the front part of a building.
his shadow follows him as he climbs the building. However, it's very that the moth side of the man moth wants to see the moon and its truth. While the man side doesn't have doesn't have a false idea or belief on the moon and just accepts the moon for what it is. Just a rock floating into the sky. A reoccurring effect that supposedly happens to the man moth is that he ultimately fails on his mission to reach the moon, his forbidden love, and he falls from his demise. The fourth stanza opens with the man moth returning to its home. The home that he's returning to is pale subways of cement, which is inferring to sidewalks in the cities, and now underneath the cities, the subways run on the ground. When he gets on the train, he always turns away from people, making sure that no one notices his moth side of him. Then in a poem it states, quote, he cannot tell the rate which he travels backwards, end quote. This lets the reader imagine and infer that the man can't tell when he's returning or reversing back into a moth-like creature. The fifth stanza opens with the train rides as tunnels and dreams. The tunnel and dreams are how his personality and physical features change during the mental and physical trips on the train. Next, it mentions how when the man moth looks at himself during the train ride, he notices poison running beside him. He then states that, quote, He regards it as a disease he has inherited a susceptibility to, end quote. Having a susceptibility to something is to be lightly influenced by it. So the man moth sees the poison as a feeling like doubt, like doubt that influences him and makes him believe that society couldn't accept someone like him. Next, he doesn't want to show his hands that have changed from his transformation from man to moth. He believes if people see his hands, they will react in a negative way and won't accept them. The sixth stanza opens mentioning the eyes and pupils of the man moth. The pupils are said to be dark, like a real moth. This shows how the man has physical changes from man to moth. Next, he men mentions how the moth lets one tear fall from his eyes. Just one tear. It states how the tear is the man moth's prized possession. It lets the reader to imagine what is so important about this one tear. Then, it states that the man moth will swallow its tear if you don't care about it. However, if you pay attention, he will share the tear to you. The sheer, the tear is stated to be, quote, cool as underground springs and pure enough to drink, end quote. The tear can represent truth and how if you actually care to know it, you can find relaxation and tranquility. In closing, the man moth is a misunderstood person in society. He shows his face only at night and begins to climb the moon like a superhero. He wants to explore the moon and figure out her secrets, but he always fails to do so. Then he goes back on the ground into the subways. On the subway, he begins to change from his man persona to his moth-like characteristics. He tries to hide this from others, fearing that people will rebuke him and not accept him in society. However, if you take your time to actually pay attention, he will show you his prize protection, prize possession, truth. It's your choice to let him. It's your choice to let him give you some and find peace, 
or deny and let him keep the truth to himself. Alright. In the first stanza of the poem, it starts off kind of kind of straightforward. Like, it's telling us that we're looking, looking down at a city. Alright. And it talks about, like, cracks in the walls. So, we're probably not in a newer part of the city. We're probably in an older part of the city where... There aren't much skyscrapers or newer buildings where there's older buildings where there are cracks. So, and we can already see from this point of the poem that we're in a third person point of view. Alright, so now in the second part, this man moth creature comes in and we're told that his visits to the surface are very rare, but they're occasional at the same time. So, like, which one is it? Rare or occasional? Maybe it's maybe it means like certain occasions like Christmas. Like Santa. He's his visits are definitely rare, but they come at the same time every year. So it's a certain occasion that he comes. So maybe maybe it's something like that. Now the muffin is like out. He starts like climbing the buildings. But it says he does it very nervously. He's very nervous when he's climbing the buildings. Well, the poem tells us that he thinks the moon is this great big hole in the sky. Why Why would he be trying to reach this huge hole in the sky? Maybe. Maybe he's curious and wants to see where the hole leads, or what the hole is, or maybe even just how high he can get, maybe how close he can get to the hole. Well, the idea of a big hole in the sky could symbolize, like, heaven. Alright, well, the man-moth, it says he fears his task. So, the man-moth, he may fear his task, but it says in the poem that he must do it. He must reach his goal. He must reach this great big hole in the sky for whatever reason, but he must do it. Okay. Well, maybe this symbolizes like a fear of failure, maybe. Maybe he's terrified that he can't reach the goal that he must complete. Alright, well, so, as we've said, he's scared. But we're also told that he believes that this time he will finally reach this impossible goal. This impossible goal of reaching a hole in the sky. Reaching this hole in the sky. So, could the reason he's scared be because he's afraid of what he might find rather than the journey? Maybe he's scared that won't be this big hole in the sky that would just be a big rock. Well, could the reason he's scared be? Right. At this point in the poem, it reminds us of the normal man it talked about in the beginning. And it says, uh, the normal man has no such illusions. Well, it reminds us of the normal man it talked about in the beginning. And it says, uh, the normal man has no such illusions. 
what illusions could it be talking about? Maybe, maybe the Mothman is like this normal dude who like dared to dream big, who dared to go beyond this normal standard and follow his dreams. And he's terrified, maybe not of the journey, as we said, but of what he might find, or maybe it wasn't exactly how he dreamed it up to be. Like I said, maybe it's not this big hole in the sky. Maybe his idea of this great big hole in the sky turns out that it's not, it's just some big rock, like we said. Alright, like, at this point in the poem, sadly, he doesn't reach his goal. He falls back, he's shaken up, but luckily he's not hurt. He doesn't reach it, but he's, he's good. He's persistent. He's willing to come back again. He's a little shaken up, as I said. And he returns to his little cement subway where it says he lives. But he will probably be determined to try again, as we said. So, as we've said on uh, one of the themes of this poem, it's fear. He's terrified of failing, even though he does it. Well, or he's terrified that he'll succeed, and he won't. It won't be cracked up to what it's um, what it is. Um, another theme here could be persistence, like how even though he failed, even though he fell back and was shaken up and wasn't hurt, but still shaken up, that he'll try again. Maybe, maybe his persistence is a big theme in this poem.